Hello. Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Do not be fooled in David's chair today. Not David, but mini David. <laughs> we have Atlas with us today. Hello, son. Hi. <laughs> so Atlas wanted to come on the Brio in the Box podcast to talk about all kinds of things, what it's like to be a kid in this family. It's weird for sure. <laughs> and a lot different. All of the many weirdnesses and differences that come along with that. So I don't know if you know this. We talk about you sometimes on this podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> Have you ever listened to our podcast? Uh-uh. No. Actually, I listened to it at school with Jonah. Okay. So with your friends sometimes. Yeah. We're on all platforms now. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Nice. But yeah, sometimes we talk about how dad and I want to raise you guys or values we try to instill or ways we live our lives with you, with having kids. So yeah, if you wanted to come on and talk about it from your perspective, which I think is great. So let's go, let's go back in time. Let's talk about where, what you first remember, where all this started in the way we live our lives. Yeah. So about the earliest I remember was like 10-ish years old and we were in our garage and we were just working out but because of my super lame I don't want to do this attitude I was crying because stuff was getting too hard and it was like that for basically as soon like as early as I had started actually working out instead of like just doing goofy stuff in the garage like mm -hmm. squats at 10 months old but it's kind of launched itself full force into what I've become as an athlete now. Yeah. And it's definitely working out a lot better. Like I've been able to try super hard with just all the stuff I do, gymnastics, CrossFit, snowboarding, everything. It's a lot better of kind of a mental attitude, mm -hmm. but also a physical one. Yeah. And it was such a hard obstacle to overcome. But yeah. I'm super glad I did. I'm super glad I had the like opportunities to experience it that young. Yeah. Definitely a, I could have had a better attitude back then. But <laughs> well, you gotta learn. So if we go back in time, dad and I had Brio before you were born. So once you were born, you literally grew up in the gym. Like you said, I have a video of you banging out a set of ten adorable air squats when you were ten months old. You walked super early. You never crawled, you walked at eight and a half months, it, and it was borderline creepy. Watching a baby that little walk, <laughs> you were just ready to roll. And like when you were little, because you grew up around it, you played, right? We had this little foamy bench press barbell set and you would do your little play bench press next to dad in the basement when you were like two or three and doing little snatches and you had a little play kettlebell and, you know, you just grew up around that stuff. I have video of you doing a little hero workout with five pound dumbbells burpees and deadlifts when you were probably four or five doing little box jumps with Grammy and Grampy and rowing and stuff. So you just grew up playing with all the things. And then when you were about nine and you're about to turn 13, so we're entering the teenage years in a couple of weeks, you're going to turn 13. When you're about nine, we started like doing CrossFit with you, like doing workouts, doing them for time, doing full, like counting your reps and doing the movements and moving a little bit of weight and everything. And that's where, like you said, that's when it got tough. That's when it got tough. Yeah. Cause we were actually like trying hard. And I do remember that you sometimes when it would get hard, you would cry during yeah. the workouts. Yeah. And dad and I took a bit of a risk <laughs> as parents 
of making you do it anyway, even though it was hard and even though you would get upset. And it wasn't like, you have to finish this workout or you're grounded or you don't get dinner or anything insane. We would just be like, it's okay. Take three big breaths. Just calm down a little bit. But you, the first time you'd experienced any real difficulty or adversity, you'd get a little panicky about it. You're out of breath and your muscles are burning and what's happening. And we just tried to help you get used to it and help you get through it and realize that like it's hard, but you're not going to die. Yeah, It's hard, but you'll be fine. Everything's fine. And slowly you just got accustomed to dealing with things that are hard. Right? Yeah. That, it would sucks back then. Well, not sucked. It just sucked in the moment. Yeah. it's And uh, it's still hard, right? Oh, it's still physically hard. It's just not mentally. Mm-hmm. At, I can't do this. Yeah. So your mental game improved, changed, got used yeah. to it. Maybe. And then around that same time, around nine, we started like lifting together. Yeah. Do you remember back in those days? I do remember just focusing on form all the time. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. And what would we always say? Keep your back flat. Keep your back flat. <laughs> Keep your heels down. Keep your back flat. Push your knees out over and over and over again. How many times in my life do you think I had to remind you to keep your back flat? More words than there is in the dictionary. <laughs> like a million times. Yeah. And I remember telling you back then that Atlas, we're just going to focus on technique because you'd always want to try to lift heavier things, right? Seems Still fun. do. Still do, yeah. But I remember telling you back then, like 9, 10, 11, those are peak neurological, neuromuscular learning years where you learn your coordination and how to move your body. And I was like, we're going to hammer technique for these few years. And then when you hit puberty and you start to grow, You'll have such a good base of technique that we'll be able to hammer the weights and you'll get so strong so fast because you've spent all these years building your good technique. And that's kind of where we're getting to now, right? Yeah. Now I'm lifting super heavy. Yeah. And like stronger all the time. Every time you touch a barbell, we add more weight to it. What kind of lifts do we train now? Benches, deadlifts, back squats, sometimes front squats, sometimes cleans and sometimes snatches. Mm -hmm. We definitely focus a lot more on like deadlifts and back squats. Mm-hmm. and we've been snatching a lot more lately. Yeah. But clean benching and front squatting, I don't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I want to start doing those a bit more. Yeah. Just like basic crossfit workouts I do. Yeah. Every Thursday morning, every Wednesday night, and occasionally Saturday. Yeah. So let's talk about your primary sport. What are you into? What's your thing? Gymnastics, gymnastics. for sure. When did you start gymnastics? Do you even know? Like 18 months. Yeah. Super early. Yeah. So that was also a thing that dad and I were like going to push you to do. Oh, yeah. So as people that train adults, our experience after 15 years is that anyone with a background in gymnastics, those are lifelong skills that stay with them forever. Those are for sure the most well-balanced athletes that ever come to us on the adult side. Strength, power, but also flexibility, coordination, you know, speed, balance. All those things are amazing. And if you develop those things during your peak neuromuscular, neurological, developmental years, they just, they're in there forever. It's like riding a bike, right? Yeah. So dad and I were like, our kids are going to do gymnastics no matter what, and then whatever else they want to do. So over the years, we've, we've done other things here and there. Dabbled in a little bit of soccer when you were little. You played ball hockey. You've done a little bit of football. I've done everything, basically. Yeah. Dabbled in some, a few things, but now you've really found, lucky for all of us, like gymnastics, right? Yeah. Even Cola notices. Yeah. Who's Cola? My favorite gymnastics coach. Yeah, he's the best. New coach at Tyso this year, right? Yeah. Like, what do you like about Cola? His 
presence and attitude. He's just so happy all the time. Yeah. And he's willing to go through the movements with you and put you into positions mm -hmm. that you need to hit during what you're doing. It's way better than just being like, point your toes. <laughs> so much better. Yeah. So he seems really invested in you. And he's yeah. a fun guy. So just personality-wise, you've clicked with him as a coach, which is great. Yeah. And like Saturdays, he devotes an hour and a half to private training sessions with me. Mm -hmm. So what's your training schedule with gymnastics right now? I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday for three hours. And then Saturdays, if I can, if both of us are available, I'll do an, like 2.45 to 4 with Cole and... It's definitely helped a lot more. Like ever since he's come around, I've just gotten so many more skills. It's yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah. So you've, you've had a really good year in gymnastics. What are some of the new skills that you've been really proud of that you worked for this year? I got, let me see. I got flyaways, which is like a backflip off the high bar. I got giants, which is where you go all the way around the bar. I got back layout full on floor. So you do a backflip, but you're stretched and with a full twist. Mm-hmm. I do... It's a back flip, but your body is straight and you're doing a full 360 degree yeah. rotation while you're flipping. Yeah, it's like a cork on a snowboard. Yeah, it's cool. And I'm working for souk tucks on vault, which is where you do a round off back tuck, but you don't touch your feet. So you just kind of like swoop yourself. Mm -hmm. You also got your muscle up this year. Oh yeah, I got muscle ups. That was such a hard thing. Mm -hmm. That's just like pure strength, right? Yeah. Gotta get stronger. Trying to get iron crosses. Yeah, got that on the goal list for next year. What else have I done? Like since a year ago, oh, yeah. right? The end of last season when you competed at Provincials to this season, like all those skills you added to your toolbox. It's crazy. I got round off back tuck, round off back layout, round off back layout half, round off back layout full, mm -hmm. little mm -hmm. one and a half. So that's like a layout instead of a full 360 turn. It's that plus another half. It feels so weird to spin and flip at the same time. It's really, it's a really weird feeling. Yeah. You have to have a lot of air control, kind of, Yeah, to know where you are in the air and what to do. Mm -hmm. They call it kinesthetic awareness, like awareness of your body in space. Where are you? Yeah. Yeah. But it's so weird to be like spinning around backwards and spinning around to the left. It's mm -hmm. such a weird feeling. So why do you think you've made so much progress this year? What changed internally for you? My like mental. Yeah. Mental game. It's definitely gotten a lot better. I've just been pushing myself a lot more than I have been. Mm -hmm. I've been eating quite a lot better, which is also definitely a rule in our house. Eat a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I've just started really pushing myself, pushing myself to my absolute limit. That's kind of my thing now. I think it's easy for parents to say to kids like, you have to work for anything that you want to achieve and you have to work hard and blah, blah, blah. But I think you just finally experienced that where you were like, oh, when I work hard, I can do cool things. I get better at things. And you just finally that clicked for you. You can only say it to someone enough before they just have to experience it themselves. You just started working a little harder. I would always drop you off at gymnastics and I would go, Atlas, be the hardest worker in the room, you know? Yeah. And I would always say, yeah, I will. <laughs> and then I probably wouldn't be. I'd probably be like, one of the least hardest workers, but ever since Cola came around, I just started pushing myself so hard that it really improved my gymnastics and I'm way better. Yeah. And you and I have had tons of conversations about what a coach likes to have in an athlete. Yeah. They like try hard and listen 
and just want to be there. Yeah. They don't want to just like goof around and never listen and just never try that hard. I've started doing everything that Cola likes and now he's super invested in my gymnastics and me actually becoming an athlete. Yeah. And it's super helping me a lot. Dad and I did an episode on parenting one time. Maybe you should listen to it. See the secrets of what we're actually trying to do. <laughs> but one of them was like to raise you and Dash to understand how to behave properly with other adults because adults are just human beings, right? And they want to spend more time and invest more effort into people that they like, right? That are just being respectful and hardworking and you know, trying to listen to them and everything. Teachers, coaches, that's just something that you guys will figure out or we're going to try to instill in you. Does a does anybody become a coach to make money? No, none of them are doing it for the money. Yeah, they They're there because they want to help people get better. And they're passionate about teaching people, whatever it is, teachers and coaches and stuff. They're passionate about teaching people. And so what's fulfilling for them, it's being able to teach someone something, yeah. right? And it's someone that wants to learn. And so if you want more help from the coach, you have to put in the effort to show that you, that you want it and that you'll match their effort. Yeah. A couple months ago, Cola was talking to me about how he's so happy that I had just started pushing and it makes him look like he's just so good of a coach. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See? Okay. He gets I, the benefit out of it too. Yeah, like he benefits from it and I benefit from it. Yeah, so perfect. Like I'll get better scores in competitions. I have a bunch of new skills that I can progress farther and just add other stuff to. Yeah. He's been here for a couple months, like maybe four, and he's given me so many new skills that it makes him look like such a good coach. And he is. He's very much a well-experienced coach. Yeah, he's great. Like we said, it started about four years ago when you were like nine. And we had some struggles of just conditioning your mental game to be like, it's hard, but it's going to be okay. So you had to learn to handle the suck in the first place. Yeah. And then you got to the point where you could go through it and not cry or not panic about it. But then the next leveling up somewhere in this last year when you were 12 was like, oh, if I work hard at things, I get better at things. And the harder I work, the faster I get better. And so now you've really seemed to dig in and you're much more comfortable like pushing yourself and trying hard and reaching for things just getting in that i gotta struggle yeah gotta struggle and and that it's rewarding when you do that's where you get the rewards how about snowboarding let's talk about snowboarding snowboarding is a lot different from all my sports because i only actually started really trying like doing terrain park stuff about this year like beginning of snowboard season i started actually trying to get more comfortable in the air like I started trying more grabs. I started trying to bring my board around and just not have it always straight and always on the ground. Yeah. I got really good at carving. I got pretty comfortable just going in the air, just like letting my board kind of float. Mm -hmm. And then I also had to get really comfortable with not being comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. It was kind of a hard thing to overcome and it still is with like my 360s. That's hard. I, I want to do that next year and I don't doubt that I could. Mm -hmm. But it'll be... a harder mental game to just spin yeah gotta be a little bit crazy to do that stuff yeah do you remember how old you were when you started snowboarding no i don't know do you know no you were four the first time we took you on a snowboard trip with us we put you in ski school for one day and then snowboard school for one day and you decided from that point that you hated skiing no it sucks you hated doing pizza skis and pizza and fries pizza and fries you hated all that and you only ever wanted to snowboard so that was the one and only time you've ever been skiing and from then on so for those first years when you were younger, we would only take you once a year. So you got a little bit of practice, a little bit of practice. And then a few years ago, we started going more often. A couple seasons ago, we're like, we're going to buy a season pass and we're going to try to get out there more often. We tag it on with 
trips when I'm already working in Vancouver. And we figured out the system of getting in and out of Whistler as quick and cheap and easy as we can. Rent a storage locker, keep all our stuff there for the season. Dad grew up in Canmore. He's going to turn 45 this summer. So he was part of that first wave of crazy snowboarders. Crazy snowboarders. When that was becoming a thing, dad could rock a backflip off a jump and could 900s, 900s and send it and do all kinds of crazy shit. And then when dad and I met in 2007, I was just kind of getting into snowboarding. I just moved to Calgary and I sucked, but I was trying. And we went snowboarding on our second date. Hey, we met for dinner one night and the next morning I was like, hey, I'm going to pick you up and let's go to the mountains together. And he had not been snowboarding in four years. It sold his board, hadn't been. And so it just became a thing that he and I always did together. And then it's turned into... A family, a family thing. Yeah. And it's really, it's turned into something that's like the overlapping Venn diagram of things we all like. <laughs> yeah. Now we just need that in summer. I know. Now we've been tr- struggling to find what's the summer activity, but snowboarding is great because we're outside. Nobody's on screens. We're active. We're doing stuff. And it's all day. Too. It's all day. It's challenging. And there's ways for all of us to be happy. You love being in the terrain park and just doing the jumps on repeat. Mm-hmm. Dash loves all the going through the trees and all the tricky side hits and just weaving his way through all that tricky stuff. And this season, especially both you guys put a lot of effort into getting good at, at those things that you like. And you both yeah got dash is super good. <laughs> dash is crazy. That kid's weird. He was, he can't, he still can't turn toe side. He's been working on it a lot more, Yeah, but he's so good at going through the trees. Like I fell down more than he did. <laughs> I guess. Cause I'm, I'm super used to just going fast and like barely carving. Yeah. That it was so weird for me that I had to slow down and carve so much wider. Yeah. And Dash is so, well, that kid will bomb past me sometimes, especially because he doesn't know how to stop. He, but, he does know. He's good. He's got good well, control. I'm Towards the end of our last trip, I was like, Alice, you got to come do a run with your brother. You got to just come see what he's doing. And he, Dash was navigating some of the little tricky stuff in the side. And you were like, I can't even do that. And I was like, I know. Respect for your little bro. Right. And then I yeah. made dash come through the train park and watch you do your jumps and i was like you guys have to be happy for each other and recognize dash is better than you in the trees and you're way better than him in the train park and be happy for each other and notice that you've both gotten better at what you put work into and then i decided to go through one of the side hits with him and almost hit a tree (laughs) it was that was scary yeah it was funny but i just remember the look on your face we were like he's better than me at something and i was like well he's been working at it the whole time right Mm -hmm. and that's fine and you can both be good at different things. I'll, I'll just dominate the terrain park. Yeah. You can you dominate can. the trees. That's Care. fine. You guys both have your thing and you can be proud of each other. It's definitely like being the older brother. Like obviously I had you guys to look up to. Mm-hmm. But you guys were always following me. That I was almost just looking up to mirrored reflections of myself. Yeah. And so Dash being like six years younger than me. He kind of looks up to me. Mm-hmm. And so he sees all the crazy stuff that I do. And it pushes him, you know, Mm. he sees me going off jumps and trying all these like crazy tricks. And then he decides to go off a jump and it didn't go well. This kid was sliding on his butt for 20 seconds. Yeah. He still went for it and he still pushed himself. Yeah. So it was definitely a lot better. I think part of the reason he's as good as he is for six years old is we've just forced him to try to keep up. Yeah. (laughs) And we threw him in to a level that was well above his skill level. And we're just like, well, let's figure this out and let's adapt. And he did. He's. He's got good grit. That kid, he falls down and crashes and spins and gets stuck. And he 
Just nope. gets up. Just pops right back up and keeps giving her. Kid goes full send. But I remember the first few times he went snowboarding, he would fall. He would be having a great day and then he would fall once and he'd be like, I want to go inside. And that would be the end of it. Yeah. But same thing. You just had to learn that things are hard and you won't die. And you just pop back up and keep going. Yeah. He definitely got the opportunity to learn it a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I learned it still. I learned it pretty young than most people would probably want their kids to learn it. It's definitely a lot better that I did learn it that young, but Dash got to learn it so young. Yeah. He got just more opportunity to practice than he did. For prairie boys, you yeah, don't have to for, be in the mountains that much. For prairie kids were pretty good. Yeah. Kids from the flatland. What about, what's it like to snowboard with dad? It's weird because he was so good, but he still is so good. Yeah. When dad does like rails and boxes and like sometimes jumps. It's cool to see that my dad is just so much more physically able than everybody else. Yeah. How many of your friends' dads could do that? Like zero. <laughs> well, half my friends' dads can barely get off the couch, so. Respect for your old dad. can still yeah. rock a terrain park if he wants to. Yeah, Jonah says that he's like the coolest dad he's ever met all the time. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree yeah, with that. Jonah's not wrong. Dad's pretty cool. Okay, let's talk about the nutrition side of things. Obviously, everyone that listens to this podcast for 10 seconds realizes I am constantly harping about nutrition. Yeah. And of course, that is inflicted upon my children. Yeah, I, I get called weird so many times. Like, I had a band trip to Edmonton, so we went to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and I was like, where's the water? To one of the chaperones, and she was like, why do you want water? There's soda. And I was like, because water is the only good drink. And she was like, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah. It, it was such a weird feeling to be like, why don't you like water? So even one of the other adults thought you were weird because you asked for water yeah. and you didn't want to drink soda. I thought that was bonkers. But yeah, you were like, can I drink water with my dinner? And everyone acts like you're crazy because yeah. you don't want to drink soda. And every, like all my friends who don't understand anything about me. They're always like, Alice, you must just eat like chicken, rice, and broccoli all the time. And, and I'm like, no, it's actually rice and ground beef. <laughs> but I don't eat like that, you know? I don't eat to a certain meal plan all the time, 24-7. I eat whatever I want. Yeah. Um, like, what are like the staples? What are the main things you just eat all the time? Like ground beef and Some, rice. Yeah, taco bowls. Yeah, that's about it. Ground beef, we make rice with bone broth, sour cream, salsa. And like tacos. Tacos, you guys it. will eat an unreal number of tacos. We use those little corn masa tortillas, fry them in ghee. I could make 400 tacos and they would be gone by tomorrow. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's just, you guys are a bottomless pit of tacos. What else is on the menu all the time? What do you? Like eggs. Eggs, lots of eggs, egg and cheese. Yeah, I, I eat a lot of eggs. If I have a rice ball, I'll put eggs in there. What else is something I eat like a lot? We do like smoothies fairly often yeah we definitely do them a lot more in summer especially now because it's so hot high fat yogurt scoop of protein powder a little bit of fruit i guess i guess i just have my creatine yeah i don't know if that counts as food though well i mean we can talk about supplements sometimes people ask me that what should kids have protein powder is it safe can kids take creatine you yeah. started taking creatine this year when you were yeah. 12. It was a Wednesday. I remember that. It was a Wednesday. I came home from CrossFit <laughs> Kids and I remember being like, I finally have creatine. And I've been taking it ever since. And you will see some crazy results after like maybe a month to a month and a half. Mm -hmm. But I would only really recommend it if you're going to do a bunch of like high energy stuff right after. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll take my creatine before I go to gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what it produces, but something that produces energy. Yep. And I'll just get like a crazy energy burst for all of gymnastics. And that's like three hours. But so yeah, creatine, totally 
safe. People have asked me various times, like, hey, my like 13 or 14 year old wants to take creatine. Is that fine? Totally fine. Five grams a day. You can put it in a smoothie or you just put it in water and chug it. Creatine's in meat. So if you have a decently meat-based diet, you won't be deficient in creatine. Five grams a day is one of the most well-researched supplements with very clear efficacy like it definitely works yeah. improves performance and also safety it's like, like a almost no risk it's so, like a not illegal steroid basically well so what creatine does creatine makes phosphocreatine it donates a phosphate to recycle adenosine diphosphate back into adenosine triphosphate puts the phosphate back on di is two tri is three so it puts the third one or the second and third one back on so like you said it helps you recycle and make energy for especially high power bursts of things. So gymnastics and weightlifting and CrossFit, high intensity training where you're using a lot of ATP. ATP is the energy currency of the cell. It also isn't osmolate, so it holds more water in the tissue. So it just helps you stay more hydrated. People will notice when they start taking creatine that they gain about five pounds of just water weight. So it kind of makes you look more swole. I put on, I don't know, with creatine, I've definitely put on quite a bit of weight. I look a lot bulkier now. <laughs> From my nutrition knowledge perspective, any young athletes, totally fine to take five grams of creatine a day. Probably help hockey players, obviously gymnasts, CrossFitters, football players, any of those kind of things. Anybody doing a strength sport would notice a benefit from creatine. It also helps you make more energy in your brain. And so supplementing with creatine has been shown to improve cognitive performance. It improves test scores, which is kind of crazy. I and especially if your kids like don't eat a ton of meat then it can definitely make a big difference. It improves brain function as well as muscle function. Anything that needs a lot of energy, it helps. Yeah, it, de it benefited everything I've done, basically. Mm -hmm. The only other supplement we fairly regularly make you take is K2. We also feed you a ton of grass-fed butter and grass-fed meat and stuff. Yeah. We've started buying giant boxes of grass-fed ground beef from Farm 140, which has a very high proportion of K2. And my experiment there was... If kids have adequate vitamin K2, their facial and dental development should be proper in the way that the teeth will come in with enough room and you won't need braces. So, so far, so good. Your yeah. teeth are nice and straight, strong, no cavities. Yep. Dr. Ryan gives it the thumbs up. <laughs> so, so far, my experiment is working out. Both you and Dash have nice straight teeth. Yeah. Dash's are a bit farther apart, but... I guess it's because he hasn't lost all of them. He's I missing have... half his teeth right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a little toothless hobo. Surprised he can eat. <laughs> it must be tough. What else? Like, I talk to you about nutrition constantly, oh, yeah. right? You know all about what everything does and what it's for and why things are good or bad for you. Yeah. Right? I How do you feel about having all that knowledge at this age? It helps a lot, but because of the way that, like, People and other kids are being raised. Nobody, nobody <laughs> thinks I'm telling the truth. Everybody's like, bro, you're lying. Shut up. You're wrong. Why would you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whenever we talk about drugs at school, I always spit the most like random fact out. And everybody's like, why do you know that, bro? Mm -hmm. But you guys teach me about that stuff. Okay, so let's go there. Dad and I just did a, a podcast on the use of psychedelics and the treatment of mental health. And near the end, we talked about how we have decided to talk to you super openly about all of different kinds of drugs, what they are dosages, why they're risky because they're illegal, why they're risky on the developing brain, why if you're ever going to do things, you should wait. Yeah, we've talked very openly <laughs> to you about a lot of stuff. How do you feel about that? It's definitely good that we have, especially with like how crazy just life is getting really Yeah, with the internet and just vaping and all that crazy stuff. It's so bonkers. Mm -hmm. But 
it's definitely a lot better to have all the information than to just randomly do weed. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know. It's a lot better. I don't plan on doing weed like soon. Yeah. It's a lot better to have all this knowledge and go into if I ever do get addicted to something like shrooms. Actually, you you can't get addicted to shrooms, right? That's right. Yes, but if I do ever get addicted to something, I'd much rather know what it's about and what it does at such an early on age Mm -hmm. than just randomly being like, I'm going to go get addicted to marijuana. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm (laughs) going to spend a million dollars on marijuana a year. It's a lot better. Yeah, and we figured we would rather you just have lots of knowledge and demystify these things and not build up a big boogeyman around Drugs are bad about every single thing. Like they're very different and some of them have much more harm potential and some of them have much less or addiction potential or, you know, dosages and, you know, why basically all drugs are unsafe because they're illegal. You don't ever take something that you just that you don't know where it came from or who made it or anything from the black market, essentially, especially now. Right. The risk of fentanyl is crazy. Anything can be contaminated with fentanyl. Yeah. And. There was a story, I told you this. Yeah, um, two 12-year-olds, right? Yep, in Alberta recently. Two 12-year-old girls at a birthday party at a hotel. Their parents had rented a hotel room for the kids to go water sliding or something, I think. Kids were in one room. Parents were in the room next door. The girls got a hold of some pills of something, and two of them died of a fentanyl overdose. That's crazy. Two 12-year-olds. So you're 12, about to turn 13, and we thought, well, if we're going to be naive as parents and pretend like those things aren't part of your world, we're just being idiots. And so better to get out ahead of it and for you to have knowledge and understanding and know the risks and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's what I talk about when I mean it's bonkers what kids are exposed to now. It's crazy. There's so many kids at my school that are like openly talking about how they vape. There's this one girl, I can't remember her name because I don't talk to her, mm-hmm. but she constantly posts on her Snapchat story about how she's like, there's this one time where she posted, I'm going to have another one because the alcohol finally started to kick in. <laughs> I was like 14. It's what the hell, dude? Yeah. You're ruining your life. Yeah. And I think generally parents tend to think that putting kids in sports and giving you something else to focus on and something to do with your time generally makes you less interested in doing that stuff because you're like, eh, I got shit to do, you know? Yeah. I always talk about that to myself whenever I'm in the shower. <laughs> I, I basically do this in the shower. This is what I talk about. Yeah. But if I do ever get offered weed, like I have such a high endurance sports that I have to do, yeah. get to do, not have to do. It's an opportunity. Yeah. But because like CrossFit, those workouts are so long and half the time my lungs quit working <laughs> and like gymnastics after my floor routine, I'm like panting because it's so much high energy, like fast speed stuff. Yep. And I have to be precise with it too. I can't be slightly off. You have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But If I do ever start smoking weed, I'm not going to be able to do the stuff I do. It's just not going to work. It's it's not a worthful sacrifice, you know? Like, there's everybody thinks that weed is cool now, but why? It's stupid. It smells bad, and it's just going to inhibit you of doing anything, basically. Yeah. It's hard on the developing brain. Like, you guys are young, right? You're in grade 7, finishing grade 7, you know? You got tons of time. Yeah. What's the legal age? 21? 18? 19 here. Oh, so that's six-ish years for most of us. Yeah. Like, just wait. You don't got to rush everything. Yeah. Hey, I support it. Okay, so let's talk about, like, your friends kind of rib you, like you said, for the way you live or how you eat. Like, what kind of, what do they, what do they like to bug you about? For how big my ass is. (laughs) That's like the, like, 
biggest knock in the ribs they have on me. So you you do some squats yeah. and you have a booty yeah, <laughs> that reflects it. It's super funny because of like with my long hair, like with my mullet from the back, I do look like a girl. Like I'm not even joking. And so I get made fun of all the time for it. Well, not made fun of, but like. They like to rip you it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the beanpole kids always make fun of me because of how big my forearms are. Because <laughs> all the stuff I do is grip strength training, basically. Yeah. It's kind of funny, though. Yeah. So they they razz you about having a big butt. Yeah. Or they like to give you a hard time about having a six pack and stuff. Oh, that that's like the biggest. That's one of the biggest things. It's super funny. Yeah. Do you think that now or maybe in the future that the way you live would help any of your friends try to make better choices or get into sports or eating better or anything? Okay, so there's this one kid. He constantly talks to me about how he wants to change. Mm -hmm. And he asks me for advice all the time. Yeah. And I give it to him. At least he's trying to change. Yeah. He's trying to make his life better for his future self yeah. instead of just giving up and accepting it. And I think that that's a super good like mindset to have. Mm -hmm. And it definitely also helps me a lot because I can, I can, I don't know, project my mind into a way that he would understand and have to speak in a way that people would understand me. And he understands me a lot and he's actually like getting noticeably different. Yeah. It's actually quite good. He's feeling himself now. That's awesome. Like, it's, it, it's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's be real. These are some awkward years. Oh, for sure. Of being a kid, right? 12, 13, 14. You're growing. You're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to figure out social structures. How do you feel about navigating these crazy years right now? It's definitely weird to navigate. I have a pretty good like mental state that I'm pretty confident with myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite positive all the time. So it's it's easy for me. But that's because of the way that I'm eating and the stuff that I do. For other kids who eat a high intake of sugar and vegetable oils, it might not be, and it might be very tough mm -hmm. because they might be insecure about how they look or they might be sad all the time or like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It can go both ways. You can be super fat or super skinny, and there's a wide variety of that in my classroom. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's super easy to navigate kind of the pubescent years. It's quite easy, actually, especially with you guys. If I have a problem, I can come to you guys and you guys will work through it with me. I'm sure that a lot of kids do not have that. And I'm very lucky to have that. But yeah, it might not be easy for everybody. It'll be easy for me because mm -hmm. I come from a pretty good home structure. A lot of kids in my school do not. Yeah. that That's a serious issue. No, I think that sucks, right? It's like a lottery. You're just at the mercy of whatever home and family situation you're lottoed into. And we happen to force and teach you a bunch of certain skills. Maybe there's ways that we're messing it up and you're going to need a ton of therapy when you're older or something. Huh. But other kids aren't or can't or come from various situations, you know, and yeah. they just they don't have the same advantages. I always felt like we've said this to you before. You develop confidence through competence and confidence without competence is arrogance. Yeah. Right. And so if you just feel good and secure in your body and you're happy with what it can do and you're proud of the fact that you worked hard for those things that it can do and you just feel good and happy in your skin, it's a lot easier to navigate the awkward teenage years. Yeah. Like people can say negative stuff to me. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with myself. You know, it's a pretty simple life once you're confident. Don't mind anything anybody says unless you need to hear that. 
David Goggins said this. He said, if somebody calls you fat, you're probably fat. <laughs> like, you can be mad about it all you want or you can change it. And that's that's all you can really do. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned David Goggins. Let's talk about what are some of the things you like to listen to or read or what do you find inspiring I, gets you motivated? I watch a lot of bodybuilders. I watch a lot of bodybuilders because I find it interesting. I find it interesting with how big some people can get and the crazy ways that they're lifting. I watch a lot of power lifters. I watch this one gymnast. His name's Ian Gunther. He's actually like quite a good gymnast. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I also watch a lot of those like motivating channels like David Goggins. And I watch a lot of Joe Rogan just because it's kind of cool to see what other people find interesting. And I watch quite a large variety of stuff. So like I'll watch some guy go deadlift like a crazy amount and then I'll be like pumped up and I'll go want to do something. Mm -hmm. And whenever I see David Goggins, it gets me in that mindset of you can't give up. Like I, I tell myself that all the time. I always imagine whenever I'm running, what if David Goggins running running beside me? <laughs> what would he be saying right now? Would he, would he be saying you should give up or would he be saying you should keep going? Yeah, there you go. It definitely helps a lot. It definitely pushes me. What are like some goals you got in mind coming up? I need crosses on rings. Okay, That's, you want to get an iron cross? That'll be tough, but I can do it. Yeah. I need to deadlift 200. I'm chasing the 200 that. for a while. We trained yeah. this morning. What'd you get? 195. <laughs> That stupid five pounds makes such a big difference. We have a plan on your 13th birthday to do a monster liftoff. Back squat, bench press, deadlift, so powerlifting total, and then a clean and jerk and a snatch. And we're just going to establish as you start your teenage years where your lifts are at. And then in five years, we're going to compare to it when you're 18 and see how far you got in yeah. your teenage years. That would definitely be cool. Like looking back when I'm 18, it'll definitely be quite a cool thing to have how old are you going to be when you can lift more than me 14 damn it probably i don't know it's probably true yeah i remember asking you how old you were going to be when you were taller than me and you i remember you saying 12 and then you were actually 11 so now you're way taller than me but now i'm clinging on to being stronger than you for the brief few months that i have left where i can outlift you not long few months might be an understatement but i don't know not many years I've had to dial up the training to try to keep up to you the last little while. I can't be slacking. I can't either. I can't be (laughs) slacking either. I also got to try hard. We have a good thing. I I tell people all the time that I've spent the majority of the last few years training with you. Yeah. That you're my primary workout buddy most of the time. I try to get to classes at Brio and stuff as much as I can. And I work out when I'm on the road. But the majority of my consistent training has been with you. And I find it awesome. It's so fun. Yeah, it's a, it's very much a cool thing to work out with you. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not, it's an opportunity that I don't think anybody has ever had that I've met before. Mm-hmm. Besides people from the gym, I don't think anybody I've ever met before has, has had the opportunity to train with somebody as good of an athlete as you are. And it's definitely, it's cool, you know? It pushes me. Like, I'm, you're 40-ish. Getting close, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like 13-ish. So if I really want to be stronger than you, I have to push myself so hard. <laughs> and if you don't want me to be stronger than you, then you also have to push super hard. So we're pushing ourselves to our absolute limits. Yep. And it, it helps both of us, you know? And I say to people all the time, well, it makes me work hard because I have to be a good example. I can't be a big baby. And yeah. go slow and quit and not try hard, right? So I have to demonstrate a good work ethic for you. 
And I also have to make sure that I move with really good technique. If I wouldn't want you to move with garbage reps, I can't move with garbage reps. I'd have to be a good role model for like good technique and good work ethic and stuff. And then we have a good way of pushing each other and training. We do lots of partner workouts. We have our time every week, Thursday morning. You stay home from school. You and I train together. Sometimes dad joins in, but it's always just you and me. So then even when I'm gone on the weekends and, you know, not home for certain times, we always have our... Yeah, we can still always do it no matter what. Yeah, we always have our training time. So it's good. Yeah. We usually lift something heavy. Lots of squats, lots of deadlifts. Yeah. Been snatching a bit more lately. Yeah, we actually have been snatching quite a lot. I don't know what I snatched last time. Probably like 85 or something. Yep. Yeah, it was good. Anything else you want to talk about? Not really. I think this was a pretty good episode. All right. Well, thank you for visiting the closet. Thanks. And for being on the Brio in the Box podcast. No problem. All right. Catch you in the next one. See ya.